When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this Victory Monday, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock live in the PHNX studios in downtown Phoenix. And joining us again, the pride of Northwestern, Mr. DA himself, Damian Anderson. And gentlemen, this is our first Victory Monday in almost 260 days Dating back to January 3rd when the Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys. Bo Brock, D.A., fresh off the first dub of many months for our blessed Arizona Cardinals. How are we feeling? Uh, I got to scream about this game a lot yesterday, so I'm going to give way to our guy, D.A. What were your thoughts on the dub yesterday, Damien? I mean, just like dramatic fashion, Bo, like that daytime drama where you had the ups, the downs, the unsung heroes, Kyler having those signature moments that we talk about. The young sung hero, Isaiah Simmons, with minimal snaps, but he gets in the game and makes a huge play, and the Cardinals end up winning it in dramatic fashion in overtime. To me, I know that our own uh, Howard Balzer wrote about it on PHNX, about the tale of two halves. I mean, it really was that, Bo, Johnny. The team was a t- – I, I fell asleep. You guys knew I wasn't feeling good. Fell asleep the first half, woke up, total different – ball club, everyone, you know, the defense from around the ball, what they allowed to the offensive production. I mean, to be a fan, I mean, for it was funny because if you saw the tweets, I mean, everyone on this panel included, everyone wanted everybody's job the first time, <laughs> yeah. right? The team was ass and everybody, I can't believe they got this guy, that guy, and then, every, and then next thing you know is Kyler Murray is God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Kyler Murray – Steve Kime, these guys did an amazing job. But I think that's just sports, man. It's about emotions and dramaticism. And when your team is on the winning side of that, you feel great about it. I mean, if, if that isn't an indictment on how poorly things went in the first half and put our poor guy. You're fired. Everybody's fired. But no, I mean, we, we're rounding up our, our posse. We're getting our mob ready. We're going to storm Steve Kime's house or whoever's poor house we decided to go to. And, and call for their jobs and, and, and run them out of town. But they got man, another week, Bo. Right. No, I mean, we're saying that on Friday. I mean, how much this team needed just a win. I mean, we didn't expect it to come in the fashion that it did on Sunday, but that is like it can be a cure all. It, it absolutely can be a cure all for an organization that, as Johnny said, 259 days since they got to taste that sweet, sweet, sweet victory. And man, did they do it in Vegas. Uh, again, now that team, I mean, if you look at the other side of the ball, like the Raiders fans are already calling for McDaniel's head because he didn't run the ball in the, in the second half and how his game plan was crap. But look, anytime you can do that to a team, demoralize them and pull one out that you shouldn't have. 
I mean, that's that's just beautiful. That's that's beautiful sports right there. I, you know, speaking of uh, heads rolling, I had a video sent for me from a prominent Raider fan calling for Chandler Jones to be cut, saying he is stealing <laughs> money, sleepwalking, and taking a check through two games. And don't you just love to hear that if you're an Arizona Cardinal? We're going to talk about the great job DJ Humphreys did against Chandler Jones a little bit later on. But I want to shift from one linebacker, gentlemen, to another. The most polarizing position player on the Cardinals has been Isaiah Simmons each of these first two weeks. And, of course, he makes the big play in overtime. Then it comes out after the fact, gentlemen. He had his snaps cut during the game, obviously, but in practice, too, significantly. Like, they had no business playing him this week after the performance he had in week one. A lot of fans are upset. You know, coaching is the factor. Don't put him in that position. Put him in the best position to succeed. How about this quote from Cliff Kingsbury? When asked if he might give Isaiah Simmons whiplash with his treatment, Kingsbury said, I think he's giving us whiplash of the third-year linebacker. Quote, he can be as good as he wants. We've addressed that many times. It's commitment to football all day, every day. We have seen flashes. If that's not an indictment of Isaiah Simmons, Damian Anderson, the worker, the football junkie, if you will, that is, I don't know how to take that other than maybe they just feel like Isaiah Simmons isn't all in with this team. I mean, that's exactly what it says, Johnny. I mean, and to put it out there, I mean, you know, you when you're in a family, you don't necessarily air out dirty laundry, but I think that he was trying to send a message to yeah. Isaiah Simmons, you know, knowing that Isaiah was going to log on and watch PHNX Cardinals, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he was going to hear it here first. But, you know, you get my point, Johnny. I think that he knew Isaiah would find out like, hey, we know what you're capable capable of, but you have to commit yourself. You have to be obsessed with this game, especially when you're, you know, where was he drafted, Johnny? Love- uh, eighth overall. Eighth overall. You know what I mean? Like when you're drafted eighth, eighth overall, there's large expectations. And to have you go from being, you know, this X factor to have minimal plays in the second game, I would say that Isaiah Simmons is a work in progress right now for the Arizona Cardinals. And what they're trying to put him in there, trying to find opportunities, because we all saw, again, there were opportunities where he had to cover the slot uh, receiver and or tight end, and he got tripped up or and or fell down. You know what I mean? In the game. So I think that he plays where he plays great, where he doesn't have to react and he could just be on the attacking game. I know that I yeah. saw you post Johnny something about, you know, in a, in the traditional four, three, the will side linebacker. I agree with that, but do they make that change during the season? I think that their personnel fits that right. Yeah. In terms of the guys that they have, but in terms of Isaiah Simmons, I think that everybody knows that he's an athletic freak, but it's finding, like I said, work in progress, finding that niche, for him to come in. Maybe it will be only, you know, nickel type situations, Bo, where they bring him in where he's just playing space. Because I think that we've seen in times where he's had to go, man, he hasn't been that successful, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's very specific downs where maybe first or third downs where he doesn't have to think too much or ha- doesn't have to be one-on-one and he could just be athletic and aggressive. Yeah, I don't think it's going to even be that drastic. I think it's a, it's a one-off. I think that this was a message that the team wanted to send him for his poor performance. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. He's, he's not getting the green dot back. I mean, after no. the first game performance, and it was just too much, the organization, obviously, and, and then Isaiah Simmons, their intentions were all right and all great, right? You want to take your eighth overall pick and make him kind of the coach on the field, and it was just too much for the young man. And it, sitting here in year three, this team really wants to find the best way that Isaiah Simmons can make an impact. And we saw it on full display in just a sample size of snaps, 15 of them, and he makes the big game-changing play against his former Clemson teammate and Hunter Renfro 
just by reacting and going and hitting the shit out of somebody. That's what Isaiah Simmons brings to the table. That's where he can be best serve this team, not kind of figuring out where do I need to be on this on this play? Do I need to be in the slot corner position? Do I need to get up to the line? Am I am I blitzing? It's just get out there and just make it. Let him react to what's going on out in front of him. Figure out what that's going to be. Cardinals are getting a little bit healthier. Maybe with that, they can find that real role where he can excel and trend in the right direction the rest of this season for the Cards. But no, I mean, uh, let me add some context, Johnny, real quick to, to Cliff's saying that you know, as far he was joking for the most part. But I think it's also him continuing the message that they were sending last week when we talked to Isaiah Simmons at his locker. He he wasn't happy, and and you could tell something was was told to him about what his role was going to be this week. He was he was upset. He wasn't happy. Uh, and and you could see that. And it, the message, it seems like, resonated with the third-year player because when he got his opportunities, and we'll look at him later with the Pro Football Focus ratings, he played well. Yeah. Well, what's frustrating, too, is I think that a lot of people feel like, what have we done? Because he he had a decent season last year. He built, Can he build off of the season he had at linebacker last year? He doesn't need to call plays. Jordan Hicks called plays, and Isaiah Simmons was that other inside backer with him last year, and he didn't have a Pro Bowl season, but he had, what, 100 tackles? He made some splash plays, and I think a lot of us, myself included, it's like, okay, we're just going to build on that this year. And now you've got fellow first-round pick Zayvon Collins wearing the green dot and, and hopefully improving. It's like, why can't Simmons go back to playing the position he had last year? I, I don't I don't understand that, that motive by the team, and as people point out, as Claycomb in the chat 91 Claycomb points out, it's like, Nick Vigil has no business playing for this team, meaningful mm. snaps. He had the lowest defensive PFF grade, and I know PFF grades aren't the end-all, be-all, but I, to me, it's just, he he is too slow at the point of attack. You know, Vallejo is average. Um, what's his name? Neiman was Zeke fine. Turner? Yeah, Zeke Turner's trying to cover Darren Waller. That's not a good matchup. So, <laughs> I, to me, it's just like, just put him in the, his role from last year, and it's his third year, and play him every down. And you're going to give up some big plays, yes, but it's better than having cover a slot receiver. And look, when he makes the, the biggest play of the game, it's like, hey, everybody, we did it. We can move on. We've got a building block, Damian Anderson. But, you know, I got actually, uh, not to move on from Simmons this quickly, but I got a message yesterday and they said, I'm upset that Damian Anderson's not on the postgame show, which we all were, but <laughs> most notably because we, myself and Bo Brock, have been a little bit critical of old A.J. Green on this podcast for the last couple months. And you have been a staunch defender of old yes. Graybeard. And uh, I'm not sure if you saw have A.J. I Green's performance. I, I, I feel like Johnny you and I have been on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. It's just me. Throw me in there with you. Number 18 had a fourth quarter to forget. And so what do you do with Isaiah Simmons? I think on the flip side, offensively, Damian Anderson, after what you saw yesterday, what do you do with A.J. Green? moving forward i mean the question would be johnny what else do you have so right now he he's he's one of the guys so you gotta work with you know when they say life gives you lemons you make lemonade and aj green is lemonade and you just keep on feeding him i mean you don't get me wrong you want you don't want i know that we're going to get into it in a later segment you don't want greg Dorse to be the number one leading receiver on your team that's not why you sign hollywood brown or you have rondell moore you have this wide receiver depth but you got to find he's the only one with like size with experience and keep on trying to get him the, the football. That's what I would do. I mean, you, you you saw when he I don't know. I don't remember exactly if it was a two point conversion or the touchdown that he scored throughout traffic where, you know, Kyler threw a laser and, and he caught the ball. And it was yeah, a, great it was a two catch. point conversion. Yeah, two point conversion. So he has 
he has moments. I mean, I think that for a 34-year-old receiver, I mean, my expectation would be to go out there and still play at a high level. But granted, we don't, we haven't seen that, right? I, I right. just think that it's maybe with play calling, it could be due to the fact, Johnny, that the Cardinals went three and out so many times. They had like a third down conversion rate of you know less than 30% in comparison to, to fourth down as well as their red zone opportunities. So we saw them score. And it just could be play calling. And I want to say maybe, you know, some things that I took away from that game, it was that you saw the Cardinals get comfortable in the second half, right? Second half adjustments. You, you saw that. But you also saw Vance Joseph make some, you know, some some huge calls and plays for them to stop them virtually in the second half. So to me, I think this, this team is still trying to find their footing. Right. And it's, it's trying to find their identity. One thing coaches used to say to me is like, hey, you got to have four games on a team before you could determine what they really look like, right, in terms of body of work. And I think that with Simmons to get on that point, with A.J. Green still trying to figure it out, I think offensively not having Rondell Moore, not having, you know, Hop in there, I just think that they're trying to find their identity and don't they don't want to necessarily force feed the ball to Hollywood, which we saw him and Ertz had, what, 11 targets yesterday? Yeah. But they're, they're doing a better yeah. job trying to get them the ball, and I think that they have to do that. But – you want a guy like AJ, AJ Green involved because besides that, who's the other biggest receiver, Johnny, or a guy with experience? Now, it's a tight end, Bo Brock. It's, yeah. it's Zach Ertz or Trey McBride, God forbid. He gets a snap. And he had one play. play. And he, he had, had one he play. had one play. No yeah. wide receiver is is above six foot right now. Right, except for A.J. Green. And I think right. A.J. Green, is, as far as the role they envisioned for him, bringing him back after an 80-100 yard, 800-yard performance, three-touchdown performance at age 33, you know, his first year away from the, the, his organization where he was a future Hall of Famer with the Cincinnati Bengals, like, it was it was a breath of fresh air. Of course, you had the communication air, and, and you wish that it wasn't as, as rocky of a road as it was, but he was put in a position not to be successful down the stretch at the end of last season, I feel like at the beginning of this season, like he's kind of thrown back in that role just because of what's happened as far as injuries and, of course, the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins early on for this team. I mean, what do you mean put in position not to be successful? Like, don't play him? Because that's, well, that's no, the only alternative. No, I mean, still, you still got to catch the fucking football. No doubt about it. Like, that has to happen. Like, he the, almost the gave he away right the, the game. Should have put him right on the goal line. He needs yeah. to catch that ball. And he needs to be more sure-handed than on that two-point conversion where Kyler Murray dropped a touchdown too. Dropped the touchdown. defense, but look, guys, guys, don't get me wrong; they get paid too. Like, don't, I mean, right in terms yeah. of the defense, I mean, there were some drops. No, I know there he wants to do, to do it, you know, but it can he do it? He's old. He's thirty-four right. years old, so he got he old hands. He's got old hands. He's got old hands, guys. He got he's old. He's an old man. Room. He's an old man out there. He's like he's like Chris Paul in the playoffs. You get him a wheelchair, you roll him oh. around out there. But I, to me, it's like. Greg Dorch, unproven, yes, but like youth wins at the skill positions in the NFL. Like, we're, but Greg we're Dorch is outplaying right? everybody, though, Johnny. It's not like he's. It's, I agree with you. Youth wins, right, in this game in terms of competency and execution. But Greg Dorch is outplaying everybody. I mean, to me, next yeah. to Kyler Murray, he's the you know next guy in line for the offensive MVP. He probably would get it because he's the most unsung, the most unlikely person to 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 be performing the way that he is. I like this comment. 91 Clay Home Ravens are playing Isaiah Likely, uh, and they have the best tight end in football, or one of them, Mark Andrews, but we can't find a song snap for McBride. It's coaching. We have one of the worst staffs in the NFL. I wouldn't go that far. 
I do think that they have a stigma against rookies, which is they won. We won, Clay Cole. It's it's the same thing with Isaiah Simmons. It's you know this, and we've heard it from Vance Joseph as far as just trust, like this coaching staff into a fault, into it absolutely to a fault when you just get two snaps out of your rookie class on Sunday, like the Cardinals did, like especially your top pick. That that's not great. You don't want that. Uh, but obviously, this this team and this coaching staff is convicted in what they want from their rookies early on, and they're not seeing it yet. And and look, I don't agree with it, but that's that's the sense I'm getting from this team, Johnny. It's frustrating because I think all of us look at somebody like Trey McBride, who we've seen with our eyes in practice, could help this team. Like, let, don't get it twisted, guys. Like Greg Dortch wouldn't be playing if Antoine Wesley and Rondell Moore were healthy. But he's getting an opportunity because of injuries. And unfortunately, I feel like that's the only way Trey McBride's going to get an opportunity. If somebody like Max Williams or Steven Anderson goes down and those guys are not competent pass catching threats, certainly to the to the effect of Trey McBride. And I love Zach Ertz, but Zach Ertz is a, a catch and go down kind of player at this point. I, he had the nice screen run like yesterday. But I mean, Trey McBride, I don't want to turn this whole segment into why aren't they playing a second round rookie from Colorado State, but they need some size in the red zone. Like, the problem with Kyler and AJ yesterday was Kyler couldn't hit anybody else in the red zone because everybody else is small. Like you need big, big body targets. I mean, he hit Dorch the drive before. I mean, they found yeah, that was talk of coverage. Yeah, but when that, the game's that, on the line, but, but I feel like I feel like that's a fucking excuse. Like I really do because you see it all around the league where you see Tua hitting Waddle, you see Tua hitting. You, I mean, Tyreek Hill. They're, those dudes are five ten, five. Well, the that's Cardinals we don't have a problem going twenty to twenty with those guys. Like Hollywood should have had a touchdown that got taken away. He should have hauled in that pass in overtime. I. Hollywood's another case in and of itself, and he's getting more comfortable. Dorch, you should be happy with anything that you're getting, frankly. But, like, you you need size at the position. I guess they're just – the answer to my question, I'll answer it myself, is they're going to wait for Antoine Wesley and DeAndre Hopkins to come back. Yeah, and and for people who – yeah, who are curious as far as Steven Anderson and him finding the field before Trey McBride is they they view him in that kind of is it the H back role DA like yeah. where he's playing yeah. he's he's he at, in the backfield in some plays and it's something that Cliff Kingsbury really hasn't incorporated too much but he added with Steven Anderson and it's not something that Trey McBride's comfortable with so you know they're moving forward with the veterans over the rookie before they don't they don't want to see those mistakes you know kind of aired out in real time when, when there's live, live ammo out there being shot at him on, on the, on the playing field. Yeah. Well, well, we I can... mean, I'll go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. Put a cap on this, no, on no, this course. No. I mean, the, the, the margin for error is very minimal as we saw to win football games. It's very unlikely that teams come back from 20 points behind and respond with 29 points and win in, in overtime. Like that's, a rarity. So when you're out there, that's why Isaiah Simmons, where by Vance Joseph didn't want, want to put Isaiah Simmons out there immediately, or, or Zayvon Collins, because of those errors that can happen and the probability, the cascading that it could affect that it could have in terms of points scored or on the offensive side, you know, getting your quarterback blown up, right? You just give a guy $200 million. You don't want to put him in a position where, hey, you may not be receiving as much as, you know, you want to. You're going to be blocking. We got to protect our quarterback. Right. And, and personnel and packages, Bo, that's probably why Anderson's out there in, in comparison to Trey McBride, because from everything that you guys have said, he's got everything that you want in terms of a tight end. But I feel that they already have that in Ertz, Johnny. So they're trying to find that role for I don't see that. I, I see the value in having them both on the field at the same time. To me, I, I think that that creates a mismatch for the defense. I don't I understand why they don't do that. 
this speaks to a lot of frustration from Cardinal fans when they drafted Trey McBride and not uh, an indictment of the player, but of the organization he was going to and the fact that they just re-signed Zach Ertz. And it's just like, you know, we all know a rookie corner would be playing right now. We feel like maybe a rookie offensive guard would have had an opportunity to play over Sean Harlow week one or, I don't know, skilled player that's not a tight end. But it's interesting. We're going to talk about the 2019 rookie class here in a minute, but I want to remind everybody, I won big time money yesterday on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can, too. We've got two premium Monday night football games tonight, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Buffalo. And right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, new customers can bet just $5, get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get this bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, Buffalo Bills tonight. Hint, hint, even if your team loses, I don't think Buffalo's losing, but I sure as hell feel like they're going to have a 10-point lead. It's simple. All you got to do, fellas, is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. If you were following along on Twitter yesterday, PHNX underscore Cardinals, or on our TikTok. Yeah, we're on TikTok. We're not that old. Uh, We're all over our social platforms at PHNX underscore sports. You would have seen us going absolutely bonkers in our uh, our new studios, just hanging out here, watching the game, enjoying the comfort of the more furniture, uh, just all the furniture in the new studios. We got the the big screen TVs. We were watching all the games. We were going nuts. You can watch the video and kind of get a glimpse of these comfy loungers that are just unreal. You got to get some from your own place, and the only way to do so, go to morefurniture.com. They got their fall sale going on, so you can uh, you can kind of ball on a budget with more furniture, morefurniture.com. All right, went to the facility today, guys. Heard from Cliff Kingsbury, had a couple things to say, you know, about Isaiah Simmons. We we dipped into that. We can kind of tell you what he said about Dorch. James Conner was a guy that we saw on the telecast, was kind of looked like he was lobbying to get back in after suffering an ankle injury. Cliff said that they're just being cautious with a guy who's been off injured in his career. He's day-to-day officially, but also some really interesting comments about Kyler Murray and how he navigated that second half. I mean, I can, I can, I, I don't know if you guys wanted to follow up on that. I mean, yeah. oh, I don't know. I thought we had a clip there. No, no, no. And I think brother Noopsy had in the chat, he said that he felt as though the Kyler was a bit conservative in the first half. And I felt as though that a little bit in the first game as well. And then that second half, you saw him be dynamic. And what we've been talking about of wanting him to have those signature moments, obviously the two, the two point conversion, you know, 22nd, 85 yard, two point, I mean, two yard conversion. I mean, it was, it was incredible, but he had a lot of plays like that. And I think that we saw Kyler putting the team on his back and and not being t- denied that time when Mac Crosby was almost sacking him. To me, that was the epitome of the game. Like Kyler was like, no, I'm going to get this ball off. I'm going to make it happen or score this touchdown. And to me, he was that dog. You know what I mean? He, he took the game. And, and it, it was a combination of all his traits, right? His athleticism, his, athleticism, his leadership, and his, th- his big throwing ability. I mean, we saw the touch. We saw him ha- laser it in. We saw him wiggles, break tackles. We saw everything that you wanted and why the Arizona Cardinals paid this dude over $200 million. How about the performance of the 2019 draft class for the Arizona Cardinals? We're bitching and moaning about the rookies not playing, but I mean that's the last rookie class they played because they were in a full-blown rebuild, and Kyler Murray got to start day one. Byron Murphy, how about the job he did? 
on uh, Devontae Adams. Two catches, 12 yards. Of course, Kyler Murray's heroics. Zach Allen, who we're going to highlight here, Pro Football Focus's highest-rated defensive player for the Arizona Cardinals. That trio right now, Kyler got his contract. I think we all would agree if Byron keeps this up, he's going to get paid. And then Zach Allen, could he be the logical successor to J.J. Watt? But this is what the Cardinals and their fan base have kind of been waiting for, right? It's like, hey, we could sign Robert Alford, but we would rather Byron Murphy take the reins over as CB1. Oh, we could sign Indominus Sue. But look at Zach Allen. He's really come on second half of last year, and he's been probably their most consistent front seven player the first two games. I'm just very encouraged from what I've seen from that group. And maybe it does, as much as I hate to admit this, preach patience, Bo Brock, with these rookies that, hey, it just takes some time. But I, the Byron Murphy thing blows my mind. I did not expect that at all. Right. And, and Cliff kind of gave us a little bit more, shed some light as far as how they approached uh, Devontae Adams, and they just switched up coverages on him throughout the day. But Byron was the guy. I mean, and Byron Murphy, you know, you would hope that Steve Kime is, is smart enough because it's not a Chandler Jones. He's not over 30. He's a young guy. He's going to enter yeah. his first, you know, big contract. And, and other teams aren't going to view him as like, well, he fits better in the slot. They're just going to pay him because it's a premium position, the cornerback spot. I'm just concerned that his price tag is going to go up and up and up. I hope the Arizona Cardinals – you know, start to really grind out and start negotiating a new contract for a guy like Byron Murphy because what it doesn't matter where you like him the best. I mean, clearly he's best suited for for the slot, but he's just a he's he's just a solid corner in this league, and we've seen that on full display. Those don't grow on trees. Arizona Cardinals need to kind of lock him up. I would say him over a guy like Zach Allen, even though I'm very encouraged by the uh, fourth year defensive lineman out of Boston College. Guys, and it's very. It, it, Byron Murphy reminds me of like the honey badger, right? Like in terms of like always around the football, always making plays, always just being at the right place at the right time and just a, a good football player. I think it, the, the jury's still out. I think the Cardinals want to see a little bit more uh, in terms of performance. And I think that's understandable. But at the same time, this team has to continue to win. And with the right. offenses that they play, uh, are they gonna have? Are they gonna put themselves in this type of deficit right in the first half? Are they gonna have enough that when they're playing against tougher defense? I mean, I know that we're gonna get into this later throughout the week. You know, coming up with, with the Rams this week, but that you don't you don't want to play like you did. You know, that first half, you don't ever want yeah. that to happen, Bo or Johnny, to be down twenty points. Yes, you're great. I mean, it's some great building blocks in terms of adversity, right? Like, hey, we've been down, you know, twenty points at halftime. We've come back. We've you know mounted a comeback. Offense, defense responded. Obviously, both coordinators are doing a great job calling plays, right? Like they got something that they could reflect upon and know that they could battle adversity and win football games. But that's not how you want to play football games, you know, moving forward, right? Notch it up as a dub. <clears throat> learn from it. I think you learn that Kyler needs to be more aggressive. Maybe, you know, Isaiah Simmons, until you learn more at that patience you were talking about, John, with what's I mean, but damn, but he's not a he's not a rookie. You know what I mean? Like well, with Simmons, no. I like guess he's not he's not a rookie. But more is it's just situational, like finding the best situation for him to play. But the, the crazy thing about it, when you're eighth overall pick, the expectation is to be on the field, Bo, Johnny, all the damn time. All the yeah. snaps, not just 15. Well, Cardinals I mean, need to do. Go ahead, Bo. I mean, think about this analogy. I mean, when you were your senior in high school or senior in college, I mean, you were you were big man on campus, right? Like you you'd seen it all at that point, whatever school you were at, and you felt comfortable, and you were walking around the hallways like you owned them, right? Usually, 
And like that, when you look at the 2019 class, they're all in their fourth season. I don't know, DA, like in your experience, just looking at guys at that stage in their, in their career, like they're young enough where they still have that athleticism, that peak athleticism, but then they've got, you know, between the years, they should have already seen everything and know everything as far as the playbook and, and been out there on the field of play enough to kind of witness everything. I think that's just it's it's good to have a lot of guys at that stage in their career on your roster because it, it seems to be a prime spot for them. Well, here's for, the for sure. Real, 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 real quick, Johnny. I mean, real, real. Uh, the one thing about obviously the defensive secondary guys, I think that they always need depth. But I think in terms of Simmons, his gift is his curse, right? Because with that athleticism, with that size, with that length, they think that he could do it all. But obviously, it's the processing, Bo, as you talked about, paralysis by analysis, thinking too much, can't respond, can't react, can't be aggressive, as we have saw him at times, right? So maybe it's scaling back. Because, Johnny, we've seen other guys that have been, you know, Hassan Reddick, right, been, you know, not well, that, the best. That yeah, was going to be best. my next point. The Cardinals yes. can't be this organization that have right. their players in their rookie contracts play well the last year of their career and then go play their best ball somewhere else. It happened with Hassan Reddick, undoubtedly. Whether or not the Cardinals impacted that, I think we all can agree they can. Shit, it's, it's probably going to happen. Prepare yourselves with Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's probably going to have the best years of his career, and we all root for him, in Jacksonville. So are we going to be sitting here a year from now, they allow somebody like Byron Murphy to watch? Cardinals need to have a greater sense of urgency to get these players to play well faster. And I think no. they feel like they have this luxury of – three or four years, and then they'll pay. Well, no, because then you can't hedge your bet. You really don't know what kind of con- – Jalen Thompson got paid because Jalen Thompson is good today, was good yesterday. Same with Kyler Murray. Give, you know, credit DJ Humphreys. These guys have proven it. Like, you can't really play that game, and I think that is a coaching problem. Like, for whatever you want to say, and I, it's an indictment of Vance Joseph, but right now Cliff Kingsbury's in this shit house with Trey McBride. But I'll, I'll specifically focus on the defense because he has been gifted – Vance Joseph, so many young prospects that were taken high in the draft. Simmons, Collins, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy, you Buda Baker. You get all these guys. I need to see something before the fourth year, before the contract year. Because yeah. yeah, I get it'd be it's awesome. Byron Murphy has a Pro Bowl year, it's great. It's a problem in spring when you have to franchise tag, when you have to overpay. Right. Like, I mean, it should not take this long, albeit he is a 24-year-old, turns 25 in July or January. I, Kansas City plays the rookies. You see it right away, right? Are there some bumps in the road? Absolutely. But the Simmons situation, the fact that, like, we're here in, in year three, it's not a change of regime. Like, say what you want about Hassan Reddick. He had three coaching staffs, right? He had three defensive coordinators. It's been Vance Joseph and Isaiah Simmons since day one. It's been Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. The infrastructure is the same. And so for you not to have a written plan out of exactly what you want to do in the same flipping defensive scheme year after year with this player who you've who you've anointed as this unicorn-esque type of player, and we all see it. The talent's not the problem, and we're still having these question marks. You're cutting this guy's snap. The, the snaps are in the season. I That, to me, screams. Isaiah Simmons either figures it out next year and they have to overpay him or franchise – or he leaves and goes to like a Baltimore or Pittsburgh or somewhere else. And he, he gets his Kingmaker. He gets like a Vic Fangio S. What are we doing right now? 
What are oh, we doing on a Victory bo- Monday? Why are we that being that so downtrodden about no, you know, future this contracts is... that they give or they don't give? We Johnny, John, Johnny was going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that bothers me. Johnny I don't want to see that. Figure hole. it out now. <laughs> Get me <laughs> off the screen with my tinfoil hat. Figure it out, JB, oh, with this a one. Cuties there. Johnny was going down. A, Johnny was going down a rabbit hole. But no, hey, Johnny, I think. I just think I think everybody's happy, right? Let's just go. Everybody's happy. Got the dub. Victory Monday. But with the expectation like being quotes from Cliff, though, that that bothers me. Be, be an eighth overall pick. I think that Isaiah would understand the pressure and the expectation that the fans, that the coaching staff have of him being in eighth round. You know, be, be, being all a right. former player like they give you all this money, they give you all this security. Right. There's a certain level of expectation to perform at a high level, to be a, a player that you're like, damn, every time he stepped on the football field. And as you said, Johnny, there's been moments there's been moments, but we needed a considerable amount of consistency for us as fans, I think, and as coaches to feel good about it. We got happy time talk. We got some positive PFF grades to talk about. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody, we've had so many great turnouts to our many events this year, but I want you to be happy and healthy when you attend. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everybody five and older. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster shot. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you, Bo. Continuing to raise the positivity after yesterday's big win. We were cracking beers in studio. Johnny was, I was, Frank Sanders was. We were chugging because we went over 100 likes. We hit a, 200 likes and we were putting down beers. Johnny, did you chug that whole beer, by the way? I did. I chugged the entire thing. And then I you even went home it. after, after get the hell out of here, Damien, with your <laughs> sick ass. You're chugging NyQuil. I'm chugging beers. Uh, and then I saw the video after the fact, uh, hit over 200. I went home and I actually chugged a Capri Sun for the 200 likes. Oh, One wow. My children's Capri Sun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did nice. you just smash it with your hand? Well, here's here's something that I think is the is the, the biggest change up of why you were able to put down that beer because it was so delicious. It was just four peaks. It we was. had an incredible watch party earlier in the day, hanging out with some new friends. We had Angel, we had Bree, we had Michael out there. It was awesome to meet everybody, hang out, watch the game on the 220 inches that Four Peaks has each and every Sunday. You can go hang out, get some great food, get some great beer, and some great just fun at Four Peaks. Got to be 21 years or older, and, of course, enjoy responsibly. All right, let's get into these PFF grades, Johnny. It's like your thing. If you want to see PFF grades about the Cardinals, you got to follow my guy, Johnny Venerable, on Twitter. I'll pay for the people. That's what I'm doing. I'm paying for the membership for the people. Some people have said, can you just take a picture and post it? Well, I'm not going to be that aggressive. Yeah. Then I'll hear from our friends at PFF. But I'll give you a little taste. Here's the taste. Notable pro football focus grades week two. There it is, gentlemen. Uh, I didn't put old Nick Vigil in his 26.7 grade on here. Keeping it positive. K1, Kyler Murray leads the way for the offense, 82.8. On the defensive side, I mentioned it, Zach Allen, 89.9. He also had, I think, a 90-plus pass rush win rate. He and J.J. Watt right now are your two best pass rushers, D.A., on the team as 3-4 defensive linemen. And then you look at the rest of the offense and well, 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 that offensive line that we all hammered about all offseason, who's coming back, who's cashing in, who's retiring. Well, they all kicked ass yesterday, especially in the second half. DJ Humphreys stonewalled Chandler Jones for the better part of five quarters. Justin Pugh returning from injury. I wanted to cut his ass bow this time last week. He's back with a 74.5. The X-Raider Rodney Hudson at just under a 70. 
Will Hernandez isn't on here, but he had a pass rush blocking win rate of 83, an elite grade of 83. DA, you look at these ratings, what stands out to you, my friend? I mean, it's always great to have your quarterback there because you know that you're trending in the right direction. In addition, Johnny, to that offensive line and defensive line, obviously the foundation of your team, right, where it stops and starts in terms of O-line, D-line. And it's, to me, I don't necessarily need, you know, the PFF grades, right, to to to, to justify what we already know. I think, obviously, right. after last week and, and this week, we I, to me, that was surprising. With the 15 plays that Isaiah Simmons had to have that 70.7, obviously, that was an increase with that causing that fumble. I'm sure that's, a you know, points added or value added to things like that when you cost turnovers. And Byron Murphy probably got a spike, too. But obviously, Kyler Murray being aggressive in that second half, putting the team on his back. Uh, Zach Allen, I mean, just his motor, his size. He almost looks like J.J. Watt. If he just, you know, glimpse at him, both in yeah. terms of the size and, and and just what he does in terms of disrupting. Gardick, you know, I love his motor. I think he's a bit undersized, but I just in what he does, he fights and he's trying to always get after the quarterback. I'm, I question that just long term. And you just want to see the offensive line continue to build on what they're doing. Because if the offensive line is doing great, Johnny Bo, then Kyler Murray's being able to do his thing. And that's what most importantly what you want to be able to do, man. Here's why I like PFF grades. And people can can kind of just kind of deep dive them too much and put too much emphasis on them. But it fills in a lot of the gray area. Like you watch the game and you see the big plays made out there. You see the final score, and and then this tells the rest of the story. What I really would be curious to see was what a lot of those grades look like at the end of the first half and how they just skyrocketed up uh, for a lot of those guys because nobody played well for the Arizona Cardinals to start that game. But, uh, Johnny, there's it might be the biggest K1 stand on Twitter. Is it K1 since day one who hit us up today with Chandler Jones' grade? What was that? I didn't see that. I think it was in the 40s. Oh, no. Yeah, it was not a good day for the Arizona oh, Cardinals all-time no. sack leader. Uh, it was in the 40s. It was not a good day. But here, let's look at some just stats because I didn't see his name on this. Our guy Greg Dortch, who Cliff Kingsbury talked about today, uh, just how it's a great story and how it's it's translating more than just a, a good camp story. Carrying the Dortch, we love it. Receptions, he's leading the Cardinals through two games with 11. He's got those on 13 targets. He's catching 80, nearly 85% of his targets. He's leading the team with 118 yards receiving, and he's tied for 10th in the NFL with Yak with 60 yards after the catch and tied for the team lead with one touchdown. I mean, he's not just a camp preseason darling. He's an impact maker and one that came out of nowhere that was necessary for this team to at least have an even record at 1-1. One and one. I mean, I can't say enough about Greg Dorch. I'm pumped about him. I saw a separation stat in the chat that he's up there with like Justin Jefferson and a couple of elites in the NFL. Tyreek Hill, watch, I think he was like yeah. number two. Yeah. Yeah. You watch him with your eyes and you're like, not only is he open, he's wide open. And then he makes people miss in the open field. And he is not clearly the biggest guy. But I got to ask today, guys, like, what do you do? When Rondell Moore comes back, and I don't think any of us anticipate Rondell Moore practicing in full this week, another game time decision, maybe they hold him out outright. But I think, I mean, Dorch has earned this opportunity from the start of preseason training camp. I talk about it all the time. He was nicked up. You'd never know it because he goes out and he's a gamer and you can now game plan and put your offense around him and wrap your arms around him a little bit. You couldn't do that with Rondell Moore. You still can't. 
because you don't know if he's going to be available. I mean, you Sunday. do that with Rondell Moore with like cushion arm, your arms yeah, are cushioned. You give him maybe you know I mean? social distancing fist yeah, from afar. Yeah. Hey, Rondell, maybe we'll. No, I, I think I think you go with the hot hand and you try and find opportunities to get Rondell in, involved, maybe situational, right, or, or punt return, things of that nature, get him in space and just get him comfortable. But you go with the hot hand with Dorch, and I think the team is thriving. And any of the good plays from week one to week two seem to be centered around Greg Dorch, right? I, and I, I saw in the chat, I think Brother Noopsy even said it, and I agree with him. Greg Dorch is the best receiver that Arizona Cardinals have right now. And, I mean, I think Hollywood's great. He's getting acclimated and whatever. He's learning the due offense, to, yeah. Due to preseason, I mean, that, I, I don't even know how that can happen. You know, Bo, like we're at this point, second game of the, you know, of the year – and they're still learning the offense. Like, what was the offseason for? What was preseason for? Greg Dorch learned it just fine, yeah. Johnny. You know what I mean? Well, like, he's been with this team for two for two years, but I'm with you. I, I feel like, Bo, that Rondell Moore, this Dorch thing might be the best thing to happen to Rondell Moore because it takes pressure off of him. Like, sure. he doesn't have to come back and save the team and fulfill his role. Like, kind of maybe sneak up, slide under the radar a little bit, and then just contribute where you can it's going to be it's going to look like if Rondell Moore gets back and healthy and let's just say conservatively 4 weeks right and you still got a couple weeks before DeAndre Hopkins comes back like this offense is going to look like the Golden State Warriors playing like four guards in, in a center the center yeah. will either be like Zach Ertz or AJ Green but I was looking at stats today through and it's a very sample size two games Kyler Murray's highest quarterback rating is when he has four wide receivers out on the field it's 110 so if you get Kyler Murray I mean there's enough spots uh, in, in this offense, there should be you enough. You throw it to somebody. Yeah, I mean, put put <laughs> all three of them out there. Put Hollywood out there. Put Rondale Moore out there, and put Greg Dorch out there. And whoever's open the most, throw him the damn ball. Or if it's AJ Green, I know Johnny's not going to like it. If he's open, throw him the ball. I think he's I, not going to. I mean, I mean, but guys, it could be his, like an up tempo two minute. But it could be like an up tempo two minute type of situation where they put Hollywood, Rondell, and Dorch out in the you know on the field in addition to Hop, and where they're just going up tempo, no huddle type deal. I mean, I could see that definitely happening and eliminating a tight end and having you know the best four in terms of wide receiver out in the football field. Bo, to to your point, because I mean, if he has success at, and that that's working, that's what they're going to start going you know, with, and I think in terms of even the play calling too, right. I think that that helped with Kyler just being electric and athletic and eluding, you know, defenders, right. Coupled with that. But I think Cliff is getting comfortable calling plays for his guys and and finding guys, uh, you know, throwing guys open. Here's what I will say. AJ Green's like that middle reliever in baseball, that aging middle reliever. He's going to get us to the closer, get us to DeAndre Hopkins, get us to week, what, seven, get us to Antoine Wesley and Rondell Moore coming back. And then you can rest, good sir. His you, ERA you got, sucks. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's high. It's in the sixes, right? But he comes in, he's good for a strikeout or two. Right. Um, and, you know, how do you not love Kyler Murray having the immense confidence to continually going back to A.J. Green and not pouting? How many drops did he have yesterday? Well, statistically I, I, one. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I mean, Kyler Murray from his receiving core. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. don't think he was helped all that much late in the game and, and clearly had to make plays with his feet. But – uh, AJ Green takes some pounding for me. I, I don't want to be too negative because, Bo, as you mentioned, like he was never Pause, really Johnny. supposed to be in Pause this position. That. Yeah, I'll hey, take a, let, I'll take a beat. I want to ask both your opinion on this because Cliff was was asked about it as far as the the penalty that Kyler Murray took, where the the play clock ran out. They got the delay game. This was on the game tying two point conversion. That's where yeah. he did hit AJ Green at the back of the end zone. 
What are your guys' hold thoughts on, on it? Hold on, hold on, Bo. What did he do? Who caught that? Just for <laughs> AJ Green with an okay. absolute just arrow, just a dot uh, to the back of the end zone uh, to tie it up at 23 all. But what are you guys' thoughts as far as Kyler Murray? Because Cliff Kingsbury said he had zero problem with Kyler Murray just letting that play clock run out, not panicking and running the play and making sure they got it right, albeit five yards from the original line of scrimmage, seven yards out. Well, that's growth. That's trust. It's maturity in Kyler and not trying to rush it and understanding the, the situation and circumstances and having the balls to, you know, take a step back and be like, you know what, we're not ready. Let's just take a moment, regroup, and make sure that everybody's comfortable and on the same page. And Kyler ended up being Kyler and, you know, getting some time and throwing, as you said, a dart to A.J. Green, who actually caught the ball. And he made some positive things happen. The Cardinals, Cardinals were back in the game, man. Yeah. Without James Conner, their their short yardage is in trouble, and hopefully, I don't, I don't think so, Johnny. I don't think so. I like Williams. Uh, well, I, I like that's Williams. Fine. I just mean in that in that specific scenario, I can understand not be not having a problem with moving it back right. a little bit and giving yourself more space. National media doesn't get that, but it's I mean, the Cardinals have had issues long before this with with conversion. So I mean, that's not specific to yesterday. Diego Seven in the chat says, "Wait, wait, is West Wesley really that good, bro?" I know he made one on one catches, but they were perfect throws by K1. What's your thoughts, uh, gentlemen? I would say he was the best receiver at the end of last year. And I know that's probably not saying much, but he went to Dallas and put two DDs on Dallas in prime time. He's a very capable big body receiver. Is he going to go for, you know, seven catches, 120 yards? No, but like in those scenarios yesterday, he was, he could have been helpful where you're not throwing deep fades on third and one to Hollywood Brown in the end zone. That's not a good play selection. And right now I would, pushback on anybody who says he's not a better receiver than AJ Green at his point in his career. I just, I would prefer the younger, more athletic guy, Bo. I don't know if that's, I mean, coming off the great, the groin injury. uh, I I just think both of those guys, you know, Wesley fourth round pick right at at a Texas tech where he played for cliff. um, Had a cup of tea with the, or a cup of coffee with the Ravens really didn't get much playing time before last year. Like you're encouraged. Right. But if AJ Green at 34, and Antoine Wesley, you know, in his if he needs to have a big role for this offense, I think any offense is in trouble. But if they're your wide receiver three or your wide receiver four, I'm fine yeah. with both of those guys. But if you're putting him in in the situation that they were at the end of last season, you're you're just, I, I just it's just not good for anybody. I, I would take, I would take the the guy in AJ Green. I think he's got a little bit, still even more speed than in Antoine Wesley. And I think that he's he's better in one-on-one, despite what we saw on Sunday. He can box out. He's like a basketball player. I, to me, and Damian, I'll get your opinion on this. So they have not been in a position to front run. When they took the lead in overtime, this is the first time they had a lead all season. I believe their mindset these first couple of weeks is to be a running team. They just have not been given that opportunity because the defense has been so bad early. But like, Using K1, the read option with Daryl Williams was fantastic. Getting James Conner going earlier in the game, solidifying yourself up front with the offensive line. Like, doesn't it make sense that's who they want to be right now? And that's why they have these blocking tight ends active over Trey McBride? You got to think that, right? 
I mean, that makes logical sense, Johnny, and you need that to be balanced, right? I mean, you don't want – I mean, granted, as we talked about, the Cardinals have leveraged their bets heavily on the offensive firepower that they have, but I think being balanced helps out, you know, Kyler Murray. I think opening it up, having four wide receivers, you know, three, four combination, and running the ball, James Conner, and, and running backs of the past, and we saw it even benefit this – you know, yesterday in terms of Williams and Eno Benjamin just finding, you know, little slivers – right, of opportunity and just, you know, running and breaking tackles, right? It's it's all they want is positive yards, I think. I think that that's what they want from their run game. If they get three and a half, four yards of carry and convert on, you know, third or fourth down or and or in the red zone, they're doing their job running the football. And if you get a, uh, you know, a big play out of the running game, that's beneficial. And I think it's, as you talked about the read option, Johnny, I think that's just fitting in the collar skill set, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to get them out on the perimeter. You want to get them, you know, obviously that two-way go. And, I mean, you can even pass out of that, right? I fake like you're doing the option, drop back and throw the bubble screen or indoor, you know, any type of, you know, passing combination. So I see them continue to build on that those packages. And it's just, I think what we've seen so far, Johnny, the, the past eight quarters, Cliff, Vance trying to figure out who they are offensively, defensively, without, you know, without having key pieces, right? Without having Hop, with the offensive line being in and out, not having Rondell Moore, Kyler, deter, you know, deciding who he's going to be. Am I going to be ultra aggressive or, or am I going to try and be this traditional quarterback that just stands in the pocket? Or am I just going to be what got me here? What got me 200 million and go out there and be elusive and be the guy that won in the Heisman Trophy, right? And the rookie of the year and got him a, a, you know, multiple Pro Bowls. And on defense, it's, you know, we're trying to be aggressive, trying to bring this pressure, but is that the answer for this team? You know, Johnny, does that make the most sense with where they're trying to be? And I think it's a lot of, a lot of unknowns, but to sit here at one and one, to co- overcome that adversity of 20 points, it, it's better than 0-2, I'll yeah. tell you that. You know what I mean? It's definitely better than 0-2, and you're feeling good about the chances going into this Sunday. It was a lot of fun, and uh, speaking of fun, I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. Right now, it's Underdog Fantasy and their fantastic pick'em game. Personal experience. Had a lot of fun doing it this weekend, last weekend with the crew. Haven't won yet, but uh, continuing to dabble, and you should too. Just look for your favorite or least favorite players. Stats, pick between two to five players. You can do it right now ahead of the Monday night games. And for your pick'em entry and whether or not you think They'll end up with a higher or lower total than the stat in this week's game. Get all your picks right. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. I love those big ticket payouts. I don't want a nickel and dime on these apps. I want huge payouts, and that's what you can get with Underdog Fantasy. You can search in the App Store. Click on the link in the show notes. Sign up with, you guessed it, the promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy, get this, is going to double your first deposit up to $100. You put in $100, you get $200. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. You're not going to want to miss Wednesday's episode of PHNX Cardinals. I believe Damien's actually going to join us on Wednesday. We're going to hang out. We're going to have another live show, audio only, uh, tomorrow. Right, Johnny? Or Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just audio only tomorrow. Wednesday, we're back live, and we've got some incredible news from our friends over at OGs. I can't say any more than that. That's going to be electric, what they're going to unveil. But between now and then, get your ass in the Flavoring Life sweepstakes because you can win not one, not two, but three bags of the OG's gummies, including orange creamsicle, their tropical flavors. You can get that OG's hat that if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bucket hat there. I think they've got a dad hat as well. You can get a PHNX shirt of your choice, like our new 
uh, Buddha celebration t-shirt that we've got or the Hollywood sign on Camelback Mountain, that PHNX shirt, any one of your choice, PHNX annual membership, read those Howard Balzer's uh, articles, sign up at gophnx.com. Click the link in the show notes below. That'll get you in the Flavoring Life sweepstakes. Check out OGs as well online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogbrands. You can also find their products, your local dispensary. Got to be 21 years or older to purchase. Bo mentioned it's the hottest new shirt at the PHNX Merchandise Locker, the Touchdown Shirt, Arizona Cardinal-esque themed. We love it. PHNX new release. It goes hand-in-hand with the Hollywood Hills shirt on Camelback. Get the two new release Arizona Cardinal-themed T-shirts, PHNX Cardinals, I should say. We love them right now, $29.99, or you can cop it for free. If you sign up with a year membership at gophnx.com, just under $60. Everybody do me a favor. Go and hit that like button. Better yet, smash that like button. Help share the video on the YouTube algorithm. We are coming off our most successful post-game show today. And that's because of all of you making it happen. Be sure to like and subscribe the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier, your elite, your only Arizona Cardinal podcast worth messing with. We are, hopefully, fingers crossed, back tomorrow, audio-only format. For the great Damian Anderson, for my cohort, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Peace.